Today's podcast is brought to you by Unicorn.com, the premier esports betting site. Log on today to bet on your favorite games like League of Legends, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, basically any esport you can come up with for the chance to win awesome prizes like the Logitech G633 headset that I'm using right now. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am the editor-in-chief for Imperial Esports, and welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts Guess the Lines podcast. And it is very special because Walter's back. Walter Cietis Fedchuk, writer for Slingshot Esports, good friend of mine, and the co-host of this podcast. You're alive. You are back. The people missed you last week, Walter. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing better than I was last week. I, I can tell you that much, and... Uh, despite my disappearance, I still was able to watch the games and write some interesting things that you guys can catch over on Slingshot and discuss them with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's kind of fun that we actually took a week off of talking to each other because it means that we get to kind of you know gauge each other's reaction. Like I have no idea what you thought about the last two weeks. So you guys will be hearing our opinions for the first time. At the same time, we hear each other's opinions. So this is going to be Kind of fun to see where you end up on things, because I have some strong feelings about this past week of, of European League of Legends. Uh, and it starts with Fnatic, the first team we want to talk about this week. And Fnatic has been, I think, a perplexing team throughout the season. I don't think anyone is surprised that they managed to go, you know, it's another week of Fnatic going one and one They're very much at the middle of the pack right now. But I think the way they did it, and... Even how they looked in the game that they won led to a lot of questions. So, Walter, I'm going to start by asking you, what are you seeing about this Fnatic team that has led them to struggle so much in the early game, especially Reckless, who's been just getting caught out time and time again? Uh, I don't think it's, it's anything new. With Reckless, I think that he's shown a propensity in the past of, of making some very poor decisions in the early game. He just doesn't have a support now that's that's able to rear him in, that's able to uh, provide the, the vision control to keep him well protected, to provide all the peel that he needs. I, Yellow Star very much has made Reckless's career safe. He was very much the guy that, okay, Reckless, no, you don't have to walk out there. I'll go with you. He always made sure that Vision was set up when he wanted to do a split push. And that's just not happening nowadays. So I don't think it's really Reckless has changed in any way, but the team around him has changed. And he hasn't adapted to the fact that he doesn't have the ward control that he used to. He doesn't always have that that yellow star, Alice star, in his back pocket, ready to protect him, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely fair. But it does lead to this question of what is it about the team that's around him right now that has continually had these issues? Because these are not – when you think of Fnatic, you don't think about team just seeming to be on different pages, being unable to communicate effectively, having Fabivan show up late to fights on a lot of these occasions, especially in the G2 game, which was – Kind of disappointing, even in a victory. I, I didn't feel great about how Fnatic played there, and I doubt Fnatic does, given 
how close they were to losing that game. Do you think it's as ma- just a matter of some philosophical differences on the board as far as how this team wants to play the game right now? Or are we still feeling the ramifications of a fanatic without Yellow Star? I think it is some philosophical differences. I don't think they've really found what their identity is. Uh, you, you look at G2, and their identity is, is very, very simple, even after they experimented for the first couple of weeks. It's a very, very early, aggressive, snowball the game early on for the carries. And if not, you have Kickus that's just playing these monstrous tanks that he's kept protected because of the aggression that he's able to scale up and turn into like this sort of unkillable monster. You saw that they were able to sort of accomplish that for the the great majority of this game, but Fnatic was able to peel just a, just enough in a couple of team fights where Reckless was able to stay alive and, and show why Kog'Maw is just such a, a broken champion at this moment, and the amount of damage that he's able to output. He had a very like intelligent build where he loaded up on, ma- on magic resistance with the, the Maw of Melmordius and then the Wit's End, which the casters pointed out is kind of an unusual pick. And it is a really unusual pick, but it makes a lot of sense in this composition where the rest of his team is basically all AP damage, and he's able to, to shred the MR off of, off of Kikis' Nautilus. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Certainly getting to that late game point and being able to peel off, as you said, around these objectives is what allowed them to take that fight around the Baron Pit. However, it really does feel like when I watch this back again, I think if G2 plays it smart and after that 4-0 victory in the Fnatic jungle, they just go back and start focusing on, you know, whatever tower objectives, wait for the death timers to be a bit longer instead of going for that immediate Baron, I don't think Fnatic ever gets a chance to come back in this game. I mean, Kog'Ma scales really well, but you still have to get to the point where Kog'Ma does have those items that you described. And in all reality, the way that G2 was playing up until the 22nd minute, it just, they never should have gone there. The game never should have lasted long enough, which is, you know, a fatal flaw of G2's certainly. And I think something that when we look at how we feel about that team right now is we have a three-way tie for the top of the bracket. That's something that significantly worries me going forward. They haven't found what their identity is. They they have a lot of picks, and really the only person who's been on anything consistent is, is pretty much Fabivin. Uh And I guess Reckless, but that's just more of the AD carry meta where there's not a lot of... Uh, room to experiment, but Fabevin is really like constantly on like, like Lissandra and LeBlanc and Victor. Um, but the rest of the team, like they keep experimenting. They they tried, you know, putting Gamsu on split pushing top laners. They tried putting him on tanks. They tried putting him on more utility top laners. I I don't think they've really decided what they want to be. Last year they had a very definitive identity that was created around the pressure that that Hooney and Rainover was able to create on the map, and that really dealt a lot for the team when it came to planning. It was just okay, let's try and set these two up to have their specific aggressive play style, and we'll you know mix and match and put in the rest of the pieces here. And the problem is Spirit and Gamsu don't have that same style of play. Uh, Spirit has really fallen off, in my opinion, in the last couple weeks, where he's just not he's not being effective in his early game. Even the game against uh, G2, it, it felt like he wasn't accomplishing anything in the early game with Nidalee and highlighting one of my problems that I have with Nidalee as a champion in general. But they just haven't found their identity. And 
I think that's a huge issue for them. I think it's a huge issue for Origin, the other team, one of the other teams we're going to talk about, and even going over into North America, TSM. I think all of these three teams where we thought they had this massive amount of talent, we thought they were going to be phenomenal, have just taken way too long to figure out how to make all of that talent work together and what they want to accomplish with it. I think that's totally fair, and I think it's something that personally I find surprising just because Daylor is the guy who we assumed was going to make this transition easy. He was seen as you know, the coach of the year, a guy who went 18-0. and 0. You don't do that without a guy at the helm who really understands the game and understands how to get the most out of his players. And we're finding more and more that I don't think that they do know how to get the most out of these players. And I feel like Fnatic managed to beat G2 because G2 beat themselves. They played a very aggressive game. They gave Fnatic openings. And Fnatic is a talented enough team on an individual basis to make the most of it. Even if Spirit didn't do a lot in the early game, his poke damage still mattered as those late game fights rolled around. The ability for that composition to siege did matter. And then even Gamsu, who I don't think had a particularly great early game in that round, was able to scale up and be this super tanky Maokai that just made sure that Reckless was never going to get touched. But when they played a more passive team like Splice, there was never an opening. And it's not that Splice wasn't trying to make plays. Certainly Wonderware played a game that, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Wonderware played a great game in that one. Uh, His Nautilus was on point. The flanks were great. Uh, I, I was genuinely impressed by how he played it. But there just weren't a lot of overextensions and abilities for Fnatic to capitalize. And it just feels like a team with Gamsu, a team with Spirit, should be able to be more proactive than this. I feel like it's a very reactive team. And the problem with this meta is that I think that being proactive is such a huge part of the game right now. Having an aggressive jungler, having a top lane that can push and make plays, just it feels so important to the core of how a team works right now and and how you're able to get wins at this kind of level. And if you're not able to be proactive against a team like Splice, who we have seen time and time again have, you know, very exploitable weaknesses, if you come at them, that worries me. Getting zero kills against Splice is incredibly worrying to me. And I don't know if it's an identity problem or if it's a passivity problem where they just want to play for this late game and and are failing to understand how much you need to be proactive in this meta. But either way, I am concerned. I think there are a lot of question marks around this team, and reasonably so. Gun to your head, Walter. You had to put money on whether or not this team bounces back. Where do you see them? Well, 13 days ago, according to my Unicorn account, I placed a 50 Unicorn bet on them for winning the split. And I can tell you that's 50 Unicorns well, well wasted. <laughs> I, th- this, this looks like a team that is just going to kind of stumble into the playoffs. Best guess is that they, get in, you know, they win their first match, they, they get a little bit of an upset, they get into the semifinals, they get a bunch of circuit points, and they go and they spend this break between the spring and summer splits trying to figure everything out. Maybe replacing a player and trying to just reestablish themselves going into the summer split so they can, you know, attempt to either win the summer split or put themselves in a really, really good position in circuit points for the regional play in. Yeah, absolutely. And for the record, for most teams, when you lose 
three of your five players, this is a very natural situation to be in. I think that we overestimated at the beginning of the season just because Fnatic had done it so recently how hard it is to rebuild an entire team from the ground up and rebuild your identity, especially when so much of it was built around this one player in Yellow Star. You know, they lost their shot caller. They have to figure some things out, and it takes time to do that. But we're now six weeks into the season, and if they haven't figured it out yet, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen this split. And I'm very curious to see how they handle the midseason break. Because I think they're still a player away. I don't think this roster is going to Worlds. Even if, if hey, they figure some things out. They do, they do get to go to a World Championship, though, automatically. <laughs> That's true. It's, uh, oh, man. Poor Fnatic fans. That's not going to be fun. I don't think that's, uh, that's going to be nearly as much fun as it looked a couple weeks ago. But speaking of things that aren't nearly as much fun as they looked on paper, Origin. Man, oh, man. I have a lot of strong feelings about this team. Walter, when you think about Origin right now, what's the first thing that just pops into your head? Told you so. <laughs> That's true. You did tell no. us so. <laughs> was, no. Yeah, they're not very good. They're not very good. Power of Evil is not an upgrade in any way, shape, or form uh, over x And... I'm very sad, but we've gotten bad SOAS for, like, five weeks' worth of games. So, like, ten out of the twelve games we've gotten bad SOAS. I just... He looks like total He does not look like he belongs in the LCS right now. And I, we obviously saw the, the Riot editor got lambasted for his comments about him. SOAS, to the point, like, deleted his Twitter account. At one point, I don't know if it's back, but it was like completely disabled at one point. He is the one person on that team that is so far, like underperforming so far that you have to consider replacing him. Like if you're considering replacing any player on that team, Soaz is the, the is at the top of the list, and then way farther down is okay. Bring Xpeke back in for Power of Evil. Like that's literally how it goes. So. Man, I he had an okay week, I guess, with the split push, but I no, I he he's playing like shit. it's total. Shit. You're really letting me use a lot of those beeps today. Congratulations I, on that. I have no, I have no other word to like describe it. He's just awful. He's I don't, horrendous. I don't blame you. Look, he has the worst gold differential at ten minutes of any top laner in the league, and it's funny because when you listen to the cast. They talk about him almost like, you know, he's some sort of a victim of circumstances. Like, look, you know, so as we, we criticize it, but you really you have to understand they're just they're not throwing resources their way. They're not helping him. Don't you feel bad that they're not helping him? And here's the fun fact. Uh, he's getting 20 percent of his team's gold. That's not it, it's not towards the top of the list. Adam, for instance, is getting a bigger portion of his team's gold share, though. Obviously, there's less gold to go around. But. You know, he's not getting such little resources that it can explain all of his drop-off. You know, that doesn't explain why he's doing less of his team's damage by percentage than Wonderware is right now. That that doesn't explain that. It doesn't explain why uh, his CS differential at 10 minutes puts him below Steve. That's not where Soaz should be. And I don't say that in a way to 
you know, come at Soaz in a way that, you know, he's obviously, you know, the, the way he reacts on Twitter, the way he's always reacted to analysts in general, he's very, you know, for lack of a better phrase, sensitive about people, you know, blaming him for, for certain things when there are obviously ways that Origin can play more around the guy. But honestly, why would you right now? What is he doing right now that would make you say, yes, I want to play around that? Is it the 2.4 KDA that puts him just above Freddy 122, but below Steve, Gamsu, and anyone that you would really want to put on that list? Like, congratulations. You, you beat Freddy 122, Wonderwear, and Adam in, in KDA. But you're so ass. Like, that, it's amazing that we're, we have to put him in that part of the conversation. And for, until that changes, you know, what do you do? For, for a team, for, for the identity of a player who, who used teleport so well, it was, that was always the fanatic thing. They go double teleport. That's the Peke Soez thing. They always go double teleport. We do the death bushes. We do all this. It's all about like this crazy team play. He's one of the worst players in the league when it comes to kill participation. He's at 58.7%, which is the worst among top laners. Mm-hmm. And you know, fourth worst when you're talking about players in general. And oh, by the way, the third person on that list is Power of Evil. And the only two people above them are Edward and Diamond Prox. So, yeah. You want to talk about, like, they just, they aren't playing together as a team. It's really mainly, like, let's just stick all these people in lanes and hope for the best. And I understand that Sven has been phenomenal up until, like, the last week and a half. Uh, he's been playing great. He's, you know, arguably the best AD carry in Europe. I, I think he's the best AD carry in Europe. I think he's playing better than anyone. And they're just trying to continue to empower him, to enable him. But that worked last year when you didn't have all three lanes, when they didn't need to have resources, when they didn't need to have jungle pressure, where they didn't need to have Amazing come roam into their lane, where they didn't need all these things. Xpeke was about as self-sufficient a player as you could get. He didn't need any help, and that allowed Amazing to roam into Soaz lane. That allowed him to go bottom. That allowed them to te- you know, double TP into the bot. They were always playing off of one teleport always being up, so either Xpeke or Soaz could you know, deal with split pushes. And that's just not happening this year. They're playing this very jumbled play style where they, again, they don't have an identity outside of let Zven carry. And when Zven can't carry, they're up blank creek without a paddle. Yeah. It's just, I don't understand how this team is going to win a game when their sole win condition of get Zven fed fails. And then they showed us, okay, well, we just have Soaz split push against a team that doesn't know how to deal with split push. So the thing about Origin that really worries me, other than the fact that they have no identity and they have no coach that is going to help them get an identity because they've opted not to have a strategic coach and are now doing their best to be like, oh, well, Xpeke is the coach. It's fine. We don't, need a, we don't need an actual coach to put on stage. But the other thing that really worries me, and I'm going to pull a full bulls. I'm going to pull a full Bill Simmons here and be the body language doctor for a second because I was watching the player camps <laughs> as I was rewatching these games. And I got to be honest with you. Sven looks exhausted. Like yeah. Sven looks absolutely exhausted. You can see on his face he looks stressed all the time. He's yep. not focused. He's missing flashes that he never missed before. There was a Jana tornado that got him under a tower that never should have hit and never would have hit 
had he been playing the way he had at the beginning of the season. And yes, they got away with it against Elements because Elements made some other mistakes. They don't really know how to shot call in the late game. But at the same time, you can't count on the other team making those kind of mistakes on a week-to-week basis. And right now, Origin's just the team that's better than the teams that are below them in the standings. They haven't threatened any of the teams that they would theoretically play in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. when you see that, you know, we still have three weeks left to go and Sven's exhausted. Soaz is just refusing to teleport at times. There were several fights in which the casters are like, and Soaz is going to teleport any minute. No, I guess he doesn't. I guess the call was for a tower. I guess that's the way we're going to go because it just seems like he doesn't have faith in the rest of his team to, so, to do what so, he needs. Soaz has that look of if you've ever channel surfed and come across keeping up with the Kardashians, <laughs> there's that face that all of them have when their mom is talking and they like don't care what she's saying. There's that that like stereotypical like valley girl face of like whatever. Mm-hmm. That's permanently on Soaz's face. Yes. Like I don't even care what's going on. Yeah. Ish. I just made it. I just made a, a Kardashian reference on our podcast. I think and, I'm pretty good, and so. I appreciate you for that. For the record, it's it is one of those things where I, I genuinely do feel like <laughs> half of this team is just checked out. I think they've said like, "Look, Power of Evil didn't pay off. That sucks." But at the same time, X Peke probably isn't playing to the same degree that he was before. Otherwise, you would have imagined we would have seen him by now, right? I mean, I know he said at the beginning of the season, "I'd love to play." I definitely plan on playing at some point, but we're 12 games in. He hasn't even hinted towards actually hitting the stage. So it seems like... Any of his references to playing have been for either the playoffs or the summer. Yeah, that that doesn't reassure me. I don't don't like the idea of X-Packet coming in for the playoffs having not played a single regular season game. That's not really how this works. Um, But honestly, like... Who who do you have faith in in this team right now? Do, do you're gonna put your faith in Amazing, who wastes tons of time in the jungle and never seems to be there to make a play when the team really needs him to? Are we supposed to just hope that Soaz can keep getting handed Fiora or these other hyperscaling split push champs and just not be challenged by it? Because otherwise, it's gonna fall on Sven to do everything, and I don't think mentally he can do it. Any much longer uh, uh, until until the game against H two K, Sven and Mithy had been the best bot lane in the LCS, in my opinion. I I think they've been better than pretty much anybody else. And the problem is just the rest of the team around them has been a dumpster fire and can't accomplish anything. I, I I'm I'm gonna have to give the best bot lane to H two K. I think Forgiven is awesome, and that, I think that's, that uh, that's fair. I I mean that's my personal belief is I think that yeah. consistently across the board, Sven and Mithy have been amazing until the game against H2K where they just completely fell apart. That's fine. Forgiven and Vander, Hjarnan and Kosting are probably your other two options. Like th- yeah. Those three, are, I just think that Mithy, Mithy in particular is kind of shadowed by the fact that Origin isn't performing very well. I think he's doing a lot and him and Zen are playing very, very well and it's just sort of being overshadowed by you know, the, the failure of Power of Evil to co-mingle with the team, the failure of Amazing and so as to live up to what they did last summer. But I think that's your only hope is you just keep trying to play through Zaven and hope that at some point Soaz and Amazing and Power of Evil get you know get their stuff together. And I understand that 
you know, from a factual standpoint, I understand that you basically have to play through Zven at this point because the rest of the players just aren't there. But I don't think you can succeed in a playoff series if you're that predictable. And right now, Origin is the sixth seed. They would be playing whoever loses the three-way tiebreaker between G2, H2K, and Vitality. Oy. That None of those series go well. I think nope. all of those would be three zeros right now, especially if they only have one way to play. They have to play for the five seed. Because then you maybe play the Unicorns of Love, who I, I think we're going to see the fourth jungler in, six, in seven weeks. So, you know, who knows with them, I guess. Mm. It's just... You'd rather do that than Vitality, H2K, or G2, probably. Probably, yeah. I just, I don't know what Origins out here is. Because I think if you ride Sven this hard and just go all in on that one concept, you're going to exhaust him. You're going to alienate guys like Soaz who want to be the center of a team, want to have the team play around them. And, you know, honestly, Power of Evil's that way too. We haven't seen them ever play around him the way that Unicorns have loved it. That's never happened. And I'm not saying that they should or that they should have to. But right now, you've got three guys that theoretically would love to be played around. And Sven, who's just exhausted. And I don't, I don't know how you get back from that. I don't know. Maybe they need to just take a spa week. Just take the week off of practice. Just find a way to... <laughs> You know, just no, really no, go up no, to the mountain no, no. somewhere. I don't know. Just no, anything. No. I can't. No, that's a terrible idea. That's <laughs> terrible. That is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Fine. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to close down my LCS spa business that I was planning to run. <laughs> I, uh, y- y- well, we'll move on to Elements, which I'm surprisingly more optimistic about, even though they lost this Origin game. They're a weird team. Can we agree that Elements is like the weirdest team right now in the LCS for Europe? Uh, I guess. Yeah, weird. I guess weird makes sense. I don't know what else I would call them. What else They're do you call tool. a team that plays really well for 20 minutes and then really terribly from that point forward? They're they're unusual. They're un- they're cousin it. That that's what they are. They're cousin it. They're Adam's family. Let's just let's are, are any of their names Adam? Let's start with there. Well, no, Adam's on Giants. You, you got <laughs> that, we oh, have I, Steve gosh. there, unfortunately. Steve, that's I, not yeah. Steve would be an interesting member of the Adams family. He'd bake the cookies for them, probably. <laughs> you know, they they'd probably look. It would cheer up their day. You know, they're a very dark family. They could use some some cookies to brighten up their whole house. I think <laughs> that'd be fair. Um, but but let's talk about this team in particular because. I have some things that I really like about the way they're playing, and I have some things that I really, really don't. And I guess this, the start is this side wave control they've managed to keep up in the early to mid game. Do you think that this has been a change in philosophy that has allowed them to play more in that style, or do you think that we're seeing Steve and Mr. Rallis uh, and Sprattle to a certain extent really take a step forward in that regard? Uh, I think it's Steve and Rollins just being more veteran players and just sort of understanding. They they probably learned a lot uh, in their in their previous LCS stints. I know Steve probably learned a lot when he was on Rockat. I think it's just kind of experience, and they're intelligent enough to realize that even if they win a team fight in the mid lane and they take an inhib, you know, they take a tier two tower, 
if their side waves are pushing on them and threatening their tier two towers, they can't really get anything else out of it. So they're trying to play this, all right, let's go to the side lanes, let's get our waves pushing, and now we'll try and make a play. And the second they aren't able to make a play and everything else is pushing back towards them, they, you know, they do this very like secular motion where they go out, they clear their waves, they set up their pushes, they come back in, they try and you know, take an objective, they try and take Dragon, they try and take Baron. And they're doing that very well around those timers. They're making sure that their waves are pushing when they should be threatening Baron, when Dragon Timer is about to go up. They always make sure that you know, top lane is pushing in, and they're trying to make the enemy team make a decision between, well, do we want the farming experience or do we want the objective? And it's, it, it speaks to them having potential as a team going forward. Um, at least those two players have potential going forward. And I don't think that was ever the question with elements in the offseason. The question was never, you know, which two players on this team are you know going to be their best players. I think everyone would have said, well, Raleigh's and Steve. And it's just the other three around them are, are still trying to figure out how they're going to work and how they're going to mesh as a team and, and go forward and get their objectives and team fight and et cetera, et cetera. They have a kind of sneaky summer split feel to them. Hmm. They kind of have like a giant C vibe to them. I can see that, but it, it comes down to, to me, the one thing we really didn't like about them in the off season, the reason we thought that they were going to be in such rough straits was not just the guys that they signed, but the organization as a whole, we've talked about how much GGA disbanding and leaving Evil Geniuses and Alliance to, to rebuild into two organizations, one of which is obviously gone and one of which is a shell of what it once was. But honestly, what I've noticed that I've been really impressed by recently, and it's something that I don't think they were doing until the last couple of weeks, was their warding is significantly improved. We're seeing deep wards come in, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why some of these towers were working out well, because they knew where the enemy team was, both against Origin and Giants Gaming, and they were able to take advantage of that. Now, were they maximizing their potential there? I would say no. I think their pathing was inefficient to a certain extent, and every once in a while you would see them, instead of chasing the objective or even chasing farm, they would go for a four-man roam, to like the bot lane just to get a kill because they knew that there was going to be someone there that they could kill. And yes, it's nice to get some gold. It didn't do anything to help further their win condition. And that's what I really want to get to when I talk about the flaws of elements right now is furthering their win condition. And the perfect example I can come up with is their game against Giants. Elements grabbed a dragon at the 22nd minute. Giants grabbed the top tower at the 23rd minute. And despite the fact that Elements has a Nidalee, a Graves, and a Corky, nothing happened for seven minutes. There were no towers, there were no dragons, there were no fights. They just stepped back, and instead of making any play, just allowed the scaling to come in from this Giants gaming team, and it's what ended up costing them. So... Do you think it's a shot-calling mistake that the team just doesn't feel confident enough to pursue some of these plays once the obvious quote-unquote objectives go down? Or do you think that there is a fundamental problem in how they're playing that part of the game from a mechanical perspective that's coming back to haunt them here? So the, the problem with this game was that Giants had really, really easy wave clear. Anytime that 
elements tried to set up any type of siege. You obviously you have the gangplank barrels, you have the culling from Adre, you have really easy engage onto teams that are trying to siege in the Bard Ultimate and in Ramus flanks. So it seems more a like pick and ban issue where they weren't they set themselves up for this siege composition, but it proved to be ineffective because of what giants built around it. Uh, the last pick Azir was just really, really bizarre. And Ika has like the weirdest champion pool out of anyone yeah. in the LCS right now. Like, his champion pool, nobody else is playing Morgana mid lane. Nobody else is playing Azir. Like I, I wanna just I wanna go look at his champions right now. He has one game on Azir, Corky, Lulu, Rise, Lux. He has four games on Victor, three on Morgana. Like he's not playing there's no Ari, there's no LeBlanc, there's no Lissandra. Like those are staple mid lane champions and he's not playing them. And it seems really weird. And it just sorts of I, I understand the concept of wanting to have the Azir ultimate to disengage the Ramus. But unless you're using the ultimate in a choke where the Ramus can't get around it, it's a Ramus with home guards. Like, he's just going to go around it anyways, or he's going to flash over it. Like, it just seems really inefficient. And they kept getting wave cleared, and they kept getting scared off of towers and not realizing, like, a Corky with Trinity Force and Ika, the Azir with the W, can take towers pretty quickly. So, I don't know. I, I think it was that their composition was pretty easily countered by the by the Giants' gaming composition, and they just also didn't have confidence to try and force those tower sieges. Yeah, that's that's really where I come down on. I'm more on the in the latter camp, just because, again, you have an Azir. Towers should fall. There should be a play. There should be an amount of pressure you can put, just by the simple fact that Azir's kit is perfectly built to do it. And I understand the wave clear was there, but when you were as far ahead as they were, let them fight. Like, if, if they're coming out for a wave clear, if they're going to put themselves out there, siege onto them. Have some confidence in that fight. And really, I think that you made a great point about Ika's champion pool, and I think Ika in general is the most obvious piece that is holding back this team. I think Spraddle has made strides of improvement. I don't think he's great. I think he is... LCS capable at this point. He had some good skill shots and some moments where I'm like, oh, that is a good play. That is an LCS caliber play. And Gilius is not my favorite jungler in the world, but certainly you can do worse. He's been better than expected. Better than expected. He's but been better than expected. Thank Ika you. has been exactly what we expected. And I guess that's where I really come down on it is we went into the season saying Ika is a challenger guy. He's not ready. He didn't do all that well in the challenger scene compared to the other new mid laners that were coming in. And he's not ready. He's not holding his own. And when you're forced just to keep up to pick suboptimal picks in that mid lane, you're giving up a huge concession. You're basically telling the enemy, like, congratulations, here's the middle of the map. Here's something that will undoubtedly come back to haunt us when the team fight phase comes in. Because we are just not going to pick the things that you are most afraid of right now. I'm not afraid of Morgana mid lane. I'm sorry. Like, I love Morgana. I love playing her. But that's not what's going to win you games in this map. Let me put it this way. I'm a terrible laning. I'm a terrible laner when it comes to playing the game. I'm very bad at it. I tend to play jungler support. But when I have to play mid lane, and mid lane is my worst lane in particular, when I have to play mid lane, I play easy farming champions like Swain, 
mm-hmm. and Morgana. Yes. Because they're kind of like idiot proof. Like I, I it, there's very few ways you can make a mistake on those champions. You just keep farming. That's all you have to do. You put down your AOE, you clear the wave, and that's it. And then when you get to team fights, you black shield someone and all. When your mid laner in the LCS is playing a champion like that, that's someone in like gold level league that's not good at the at the lane is like that's my go to pick, you have a problem. Yeah. And look, you know, Morgana has it, her uses, but it's against very specific compositions. If the enemies were going, you know, all magic all the time, then sure, go ahead. But that's not what this meta has been, if anything. The 80 carries have been the strongest part of most of these compositions. We're seeing, you know, things like the Graves, things like the Quinn. Morgana is like the least viable thing right now as far as how to deal with this massive damage output we're seeing from some of these 80 carries. And this is what you're stuck with because you're stuck with Ika, and Ika can't play the things that you'd prefer that he plays right now. And, you know, that's unfortunate. I, I think that in a different world, Ika has time to play through the spring Challenger series, maybe develops a couple picks. You know, right now, if you're Elements, like, your goal is to be seventh so you don't have to play in relegations, and that means sticking to Ika's comfort stuff, even if it hurts you in the long run. But I don't think that this was what was best for for Ika's career or this team in the long run. I don't I don't see how playing these very comfortable, very exploitable champions is going to make this team better, is going to make Ika better. And as we've seen now, if they can't figure out how to make this late game shot calling work, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how comfortable he is or how much they're able to set up in these side lanes, they're gonna lose. And you can't lose the way that they did this week. You know, yeah. These were really, really tough losses. Uh, and, L- and Giants in particular is a loss you really didn't want to give up. So now they've got a tough road ahead. They've got to play Fnatic. They've got to play G2. They've got to play H2K. They've got to play Vitality. They've got to play Unicorns of Love. These are not easy wins. This is a team that could go 1-5 in, in their last six, and that's assuming they can beat Splice again, who I think is taking an uptick if we're supposed to believe what we saw against Fnatic. <laughs> So we'll see. I am not very confident about where this elements team goes, but you know what I am confident about, Walter? My smart money bets. I went two and one last week. I know you weren't oh here boy. for it. You would <laughs> you would have talked me out of the rocket over Splice Line, but I would have talked you out of that one. But you know, I, I have a new rule. When both teams are terrible and you can take the points, just take the points. Because anything can happen, and it did, and it was wonderful. I've never been more proud of winning a smart money bet. But those bets made us an extra profit last week. We are at $627 that you could have right now if you were betting on Unicorn.com, making $100 bets on each one we recommended. That's free money, people. Just listen to the podcast, put the bets in on Unicorn, and enjoy your time because it's it's not only is it fun, but – we're giving you the answers. It's like cheating on a test, except it's perfectly legal. They're putting it on their website. It's beautiful. Just follow our lead, and let's <laughs> let's go into this Guess the Lines challenge, because you need to, uh, to start catching up instead of following behind on our Guess the Lines challenge right now, because I'm up 9 to 2. I didn't penalize you for last week not showing up, but you didn't get any points, obviously. So you've really got to come at it today. And we start with G2 versus Elements. 
don't think there's a lot of analysis to go into here. We've already talked about elements. I think we can both agree that G2 is the kind of team that will make decisive calls in a way that elements just can't right now. Where do you think the line is, Walter? I have G2 at minus 220. Oh, man. Oh, buddy. I, I, I know you took last week off, but we got to get you back up to speed here. Because I said minus 400. It's minus 667. And with that, I concede the rest of the uh, <laughs> rest of the week to you. <laughs> okay, it's uh, you know, there's some high numbers. This did week. they just did they just balloon like all of their bets last week, and I and I didn't notice? Uh, no, there were only a couple high bets last week. The only two above 400 were Unicorns of Love over Giants and G2 over Rocket. I just think they really believe in G2, and I don't think they believe in Elements. I, I think yeah. that. Elements right now has proven that they have some very significant flaws, especially against a team that plays the way that G2 does. And yeah, I, I, don't, I think Elements plus 400, I wouldn't take that. Yeah, no, no, not a chance. But, uh, cool. but, but let's, let's go higher. Giants <laughs> versus Vitality. I mean, I went higher, obviously not high enough. I had Vitality minus 350. Yeah, you did not go high enough. I said minus 500. It is minus 909. I, I love this time of the year because this is the time where Unicorn says, look, we're done pretending that we don't have enough of a sample size to know who's good and who isn't. The, there are you know six teams right now that are good, and there are four teams right now that aren't, and that's that's how we're going to make these lines. And and it's just – it's nice. It's it, it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling to know that there is something reliable here that I can depend on when it comes to these lines. And believe it or not, Walter, that is not the highest line of the week. Oh my God. We well, a- like I said, I can see the week to you. Congratulations. <laughs> well, well, look, we're about to get lower. We're not, we don't have any uh, super high lines for the next few. Uh, H2K versus Fnatic. Walter, is this a must win for Fnatic? Yes. How Just do straight they do- out, they absolutely have to win this game. I, I think they desperately need to because they need to keep... They, they need to create distance between them and Origin, and they need to try and catch up as quickly as possible to Unicorns of Love. But with Unicorns of Love having this, this jungler change to Lolex, um, I, I mean, it might be easier said than done, because I'm, yeah, no, I, I don't know what Unicorns of Love are thinking on that. But yep, I think this is a very important game for Fnatic. They really need to get back on track. They really need to try and establish their identity. And H2K seems like they aren't 100% back to normal with Ryu being back. So nah. we'll see. It, it's we'll going to take some time. I think that Vitality loss was a tough one. Whenever a game goes over an hour, that, that to me says it could have gone either way. I don't yeah. penalize H2K for that, mostly because I think Vitality is the best team in the league right now. <sighs> Vitality is 5-0 and in their last five games. Yep, I, yep, you, okay. I hate watching them, so. <laughs> I didn't say Whatever. I didn't like watching them. I just said they're good. There's a, I, yeah, I don't yeah, like watching Cam Newton win I, games either, but, you know, it happens. This is, this I just is a part of life. I absolutely hate watching their games. Absolutely hate watching their games. It's clean, really well played. It's a really clean, well played version of League of Legends. Don't like watching it. Fair enough. We, uh, <laughs> let's, talk, let's get back to H2K Fanatic. What do you think the line is? <laughs> uh, H2K minus 160. Okay, you went too low. I said minus 180. I also went too low. It's minus 286. Disrespect towards Fnatic. Okay. We might have to consider that for a smart money pick, if only because 
We have to come up with three of them. But I actually I like this next line for a smart money bet. Splice oh. versus origin. We already talked about origin quite a bit, but Splice? Splice had some kick to him this week. We saw some interesting things from them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Run my yeah. We'll see. I need a little <laughs> bit more consistent. We need a little bit more consistency from them, in my opinion. So you're saying little- one good Wonderware week isn't enough to convince you he's not the best top laner of all time? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it's nice to see that they finally had a game where the top laner that has the most resources allotted to him actually accomplishes something. Yeah. So. <laughs> that, that is nice. Where do you, you know, it was nice to see that. I have Origin at minus 180. Okay, I get this one too. You were right to concede the week. I see, I see what you're saying now. Uh, I said minus 240. It is also minus 286. So that gives a splice plus 210. I feel better about that one than Fnatico Rage to catch. Oh, I absolutely feel better about that one. I'm going to tentatively write that one down. Because I, I, I think when you see the rest of these lines, you're going to see that there isn't a lot of value to be found this week. There's not a lot of good matchups. Yeah, it's it's one of those weeks where I think they wanted to save some of the best matchups or the matchups they anticipated to be very interesting for the end of the split. And so, you know, now we have to get through week seven and week eight before we get some of those signature matchups, we can say. But actually looking at it, I don't think week nine is all that much better. Just another front-loaded schedule. I don't know what Riot was thinking with that. But anyway, we'll move on. Last game of day one. Unicorns of Love versus Rocket. Now let's talk about this Lulex thing, because you hinted at it earlier. If you if you had to be the Unicorns of Love PR guy, and you're explaining to your fans why you made this move, what's your argument here? I, Rudy did not fit in with the rest of the team. We tried to make it work, and despite the success that we were showing, the personalities clashed too much. And we're replacing our jungler. Yeah. Which is basically what they said. <laughs> just in nicer vocabulary. I got to be honest with you. It's kind of worrying when the off-the-cuff, like, 30-second press release there, like, you ended up coming up with the exact same thing that they did. That's a concern to me. It's, it's like I they mean, were literally what, just... What, what else are you going to say? Sorry that we're doing so well, but we've decided to change our juggler for the, the third time this year. We're yeah. on our fourth jungler now, guys. And, uh, whoa, the first couple times worked, so third time's the charm. Hopefully this works out again, and hopefully it does. I don't think Lolex is the same style of jungler as the other three were. Yeah, so. and, and that's the thing that worries me about it. Because people have you know, gone on Reddit, and you know, again, Reddit is not necessarily the source for in-depth critical analysis, but... You know, people are like, oh my god, Lulek's so bad, whatever. I'm like, look, he was good enough that they managed to be top three in the region. Does it make him a great player? No, but he didn't hold him back to an insane extent. The problem is that H2K team he was on then was much happier playing passively, farming up a bit, getting to that mid to late game point, and then all he needed to do was have some utility and try not to get caught out too often, and they'd be fine. And even that was a struggle for him, but as a general rule, it at least played to his strengths. But Unicorns of Love, they've been dive all in all the time. And he's not that. He will never, there's no version of Lulex that is that. And so, are you going to try to change Lulex, a guy who has had pro experience, who is pretty much cemented in who he is at this point, 
into mm-hmm. a completely different kind of jungler, or are you going to try to change your style around that? Not neither of those things sounds good to me. You know, I, at, at the very least, they have Steelback, who has evolved into, in my opinion, the second best AD carry in Europe. And that Whoa! Guy, I, I'm I'm I'm, Whoa. I'm in. I'm I'm totally in on Steelback. He has been incredible the last few weeks. He got the MVP in week four. You could have made a very good case that he should have been in the OP5 last week, given how well he played. That game against Giants, he single-handedly willed that team to win. Right? He's really good at League of Legends. I, I think that if you gave him the kind of support that, you know, if he was playing with someone other than Hillisang, I can't imagine what he'd be. Like, give him a Vander, give him a Kha'Zing, give him a, even a Hybrid or a Mythy, I think. Well, Hillisang... Hillisang's has been really good this year. He's good. I don't think... Hillisang's been really good this year. We'll have to agree to disagree. I, I think he's good. I don't know if I would go really good. I think that's taking things an extra step. But either way, where do you think the line is on this? Oh, Unicorns of Love minus two hundred. Okay, I get this one. Damn it! <laughs> I'm so sorry. I said minus three fifty. It's minus three seventy. Why would you have any faith in Rocket? They're two and ten. They're terrible. Again, terrible my team. high line for the week so far was Vitality at minus three fifty over Giants. Again, I hate high lines because I don't know how ridic- like I don't know how ridiculous it is to go that high. It's uh. It's not like, ridiculous anymore. I look at it this way. Like, I guess uh, they're basically saying that uh, the Unicorns of Love is going to win that, that game 78% of the time. I guess that's accurate. Yeah. I guess that's accurate. I need to go back to how I used to do it in the old days where I would say, okay, I think this team is, you know, wins eight out of ten times. So what does that translate it to? And yeah. then I just saw the low one. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that'll be a, a good way to go. I I do not like Rocket in this game, even with Lulex. It just you'd have to get you'd have to play through Betsy. That's the only way they tend to win games right now. They they ended up winning against Splice this week, but that was mostly because they managed to pick Kogma, and Kogma <laughs> is ridiculous. But Betsy's really really good. And that's about it. And I'm when pretty Rocket sure that gets Unicorns relegated, when Rocket gets relegated, Betsy's going to be a really good mid laner for Elements. Oh come on now, don't do that. Don't don't nah, say I'm, these I'm things. I'm saying to it me. right now. I'm saying it right now. He's going to be a really good mid laner for Elements. I'm I'm not okay with this sentence. I'm not okay with anything that's happening right now. I just want it on record. Uh, you're. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm not okay with it. That's. Oh god, this is this is the worst part. Like they're a two and ten team. I know they're terrible, but I really need them to win like two more games so that they're not at the bottom of the table. Like, do you want to do a do you want to do a Mike and Mad Dog style? Like go through Rockets games and see which ones they could actually win. Let's do it. Let's, okay, let's finish the odds, then we can do it at the end. That sounds good. Okay, so day two, Origin versus G two. I got this one almost exactly. Where do you think the line is here? G2 minus 180. Okay, I get this one in the week. Yeah, of course. Yep. I said minus 200. It is minus 204. So not incredibly high. That's, that's reasonable. I almost feel like it's being too fair to Origin, mostly because I think that G2 is much more confident in how they make these 
calls right now when they see an opportunity. I guess the concern is that they might beat themselves. But like, what's Origin's win condition here? Given the way that G2's been able to play right now, especially that bot lane, who's done very well. Uh, I mean, split push, split push, split push, X-Peke? <laughs> That's fair. Is that how they win? They pull the X-Peke? I, it, it did seem to work well for him in the first game this week, just letting, uh, letting that Fiora just push into the base uninterrupted. I get the feeling that perhaps G2 wouldn't let that go down, though then again, I saw their game against Fnatic. Maybe they would. It'll be interesting to find out. Uh, next game this week, Giants versus H2K. You ready for the H2K, highest line of the week? H- H2K minus 350. Yeah, take the win. Okay. Okay, now that you know that the lines are super high, where do you think the line is, if you could readjust? Now you're telling me that's the highest game of the week? I'm highest going of the week. H2K minus 1,500. Minus 2,000! Oh, boy! Well, what was your guess? Oh, minus 600. I, I wasn't close either, but I mean, minus 2,000, who was going to guess that? So, so the highest line of the season. Yeah, I'm going to put five on that. Giants plus 800? Are we sure? I mean, why not? <laughs> because you're betting why against not? Forgiven. That's like the one rule we've created on this podcast. Is yeah, that you don't do why that. not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> I will say, that's the one other thing that I did last week that you would have never let me do, is I bet against H2K twice because I just I, said, there's no way they're going 2-0 this week. One yeah. of those bets comes through and we're going to win. And, and uh, you did. You won one of them. I won one of them. That, I, it, it operated exactly as I expected. I aimed for the two and one, and I got there. But that's uh, that's the beauty of a hedge. But hedging against Forgiven, I'm not going to say I felt good about it. You know, It was one of those things where I, I wasn't able to watch the first game live because I'm like, if they just stomp here, I'm going to feel like such an idiot. Like, I, I, can't, I, I can't run that risk right now. But uh, let's keep going. Unicorns of Love versus Splice. I, it seems like I'm higher on Splice than you are. But again, I think that's entirely recency bias on my end, so I understand why that would be the case. Mm-hmm. If Splice were to pull up the upset, how would it happen? What is Splice's path to victory here? Because it's very clear that it's not playing through Senkux, even though you and I have been begging them to do that for forever now. Oh, I think it is through Senkux this game. I think it's I think it's through Trashy and Senkux. It, it's hope that Lolex doesn't... Hope that Lolex hasn't meshed into the team and take advantage of Fox, because I think Fox has been the weakest link on Unicorns of Love, despite how well he's been playing, and he's been playing very well. He's the weakest link, and I think you just have to go full bore at him. Because he, he, he steps up into the lane at weird times, um, especially like on Victor. He'll step up into the lane to wave clear, not having the the right ward like ward controller on him, and you can take advantage of it. But yeah, I think I think it's play through Senkux and just have uh have Trashy play the top the the solo lanes as opposed to bot lane, mm-hmm. and just hope that Kabe uh, just just stay safe essentially and play yeah. through uh play through Wonderwear and play through Senkux. It is weird how few resources they give Senkux on a game to game basis. I don't, I don't understand what the philosophy is that's led them to this decision. I, I've seen enough of Sentencux to know he's perfectly capable of carrying a game for these guys if, if they wanted to play that way. It just seems like they don't. And 
I don't know if that's a team decision. I don't know if that's a. I think it's a meta thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a meta thing, and it, I have the same problem with Bjergsen over in TSM. I don't understand why they keep putting him on utility champions and not like trying to play through him. And yeah, Doublelift is a god. He's been playing phenomenally, but like I just don't understand when you have someone that's the level of Bjergsen putting him on Lulu. And granted, statistically, he's done well on Lulu, but it, I think it's more meta than anything. Yeah, it just feels like LeBlanc or Zed would also work out. And those have been available. They just don't do it. But what do you think the line is on this game? Unicorns of Love minus 225. Okay, I, I get this one as well. I said minus 280. It is minus 357. And this is why I want to throw out Splice plus 250 here. I like it. Because one of those two... Splice has, go, Splice has gone one and one for each of the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think one and one is very reasonable here. Given that yeah. Unicorns of Love will be starting a new jungler, uh-huh. and Origin is Origin right now. Yeah. I, I think one of those games comes through, and if it does, then we're in the black. I, I, that's, that's where I stand right now. Especially with, you know, they're one game away from the... They're tied with Elements right now for that seventh seed. Uh-huh. They've played Elements once, and they lost. So they really want as many wins as they can grab. Because I don't think you want to be playing in a tiebreaker to avoid relegation. I don't think that's mm-hmm. where you want to be. So it'll be interesting to see what they bring out there to try to. Uh, and I, and I to don't think you, I don't think Unicorns of Love go two zero this week. And no. I don't necessarily think it's against Rocket. I don't think they lose against Rocket. No, I I don't think most people would lose towards Rocket. Here's the line that I think is the most interesting line of the week: Fnatic versus Rocket. Where do you think the line is? Because honestly, I, had, I think the line is more interesting than the actual game is going to be. I had Fnatic at minus 200. Okay, I get this one as well. <laughs> of course. I said minus 300. It's minus 286. Why is it minus 286? What? I, I mean, I know that Unicorns of Love are, th- are better than Fnatic, but are they 100 points better than Fnatic? Or I guess technically 84 points better than Fnatic? Like, that seems like a very weirdly low line. I don't know what Rocket's shown us that makes us say, oh yeah, well, Betsy will just hard carry against Fabivan and that'll be that. Like, what? Why? Why, why so close? I don't know. I actually don't know. I, I, it, it makes no sense to me. I mean, I guess Rocket won a game, but yeah, I don't see it. I, mean, I don't see why it's so close. They're not going to get Kogma again, so you're not going to get burned that way. I just. I don't know. I, I found it to be a very weird and interesting line, but I don't know. I, the worst part is it means that there's no value on either side of this equation. Like, I, I still don't take yeah. Rock plus 210. This is when, like, recency bias must have screwed with their, their algorithm. Let's do the last line here. Vitality versus elements. I think we, we, uh, we all know where this is going. It, you have probably not guessed high enough. Where do you think the line is? Vitality minus 1 million because... <laughs> I said 300. Minus 300. I said minus 600. It's 667. So They couldn't go 666? Uh, it just, well, just emphasized my distrust of Vitality and my dislike of them. Theoretically, it is 666 repeating for forever, but I round to the nearest whole know. point. I mean, what, that, What's our smart money, then? Uh, that's what the problem. We can't... We don't do parlays as part of our smart money because yeah. parlays are, are such a, a mess to keep track of. And it's just so, so smart money. I think unicorns over spl- or splice over unicorns. 
Right, we already have that though. We have Slice yeah, Over you. Unicorns and Origin. We need one more. That's the problem. Oh, oh, oh! We're doing both of them. Got it. Got yeah, it, got we, it, got it, got I, it. I think we have to. Um, because I don't know where else the value is. Like, do you want to take Fnatic over H two K? Because I don't. Origin over G two. That's plus one fifty five. Yeah, it's it's, it's either that. Or, it's either that or one of the two Fnatic games. You could Either make Fnatic a- over H2K or Rocket over Fnatic. Well, here's a question for you, and I'm just spitballing here. If you, you tell me Rocket over Fnatic, I'm hanging up this no! call. No! What about Rocket over Unicorns of Love, though? Because you already said Unicorns of Love oh. is not going 2-0. So Are they going 0-2? <laughs> I don't think so, but if any one of those bets do. wins, we're in the black. We only have to go 1-2 and when we're in the black with those three lines. Which, on a week like this, I just say hedge. Because all That's of these fair. lines are so rough. I don't... That's there's no obvious value here. Uh, let, let's do it. Let's hedge. Rocket over Unicorns of Love. God. I See, you know, <laughs> so far, betting Which on Rocket... Which is technically worse than Rocket over Fnatic. <laughs> well, right. No, well, no. Rocket over Fnatic's Rocket's only plus 210 there. We get better lines. You have better odds there. I know, but Unicorns of Love is a better team than Fnatic. Well, That's what I'm saying. We're going we're gonna to bank on Lulex letting us down, but hopefully we haven't let you guys down with this lovely podcast of ours, which has sadly come to a close, but don't worry. We'll be back on Friday for North America. In the oh, meantime, you didn't want to do the Rock Hat? Oh, we should. You're right. Mike and the Mad Dog. Let's, uh, do, you, do you have a good I, Mad Dog? I have impression? the schedule up. Yeah, I have the schedule up. Okay. So, so first game of week seven, Rock Hat versus Unicorns of Love. Uh, well, we just made a smart money bet, so that's going to be a loss. It's going to be a okay. loss guaranteed because we just made it a smart money bet. Okay, Fnatic versus Rocket. That's a loss. I don't think okay. I don't think Fnatic. I think Fnatic's too good to play. Oh, oh and two going into week eight. Right, Rocket versus H two K. Oh, we're so. I'm screwed. sorry, H two K versus Rocket. We're so screwed. Side. That's a loss. That's zero and three. Day day two of week eight, Rocket versus Origin. I think that might be a win. That might be a place where you could steal a win. Because okay. I think Betsy can outplay power of evil. Last last two games, Rocket versus Vitality. Oh, Vitality's got that. That's a loss. And Ro- Giants versus Rocket. That can be a win. That that <laughs> so is the game. Two more games. But that might be enough. All like I mean it's not gonna get us out of like to the seventh seed, but all I want as a Rocket fan is to get to pick our opponent. At least partially. Like I don't want to play Whoever the top team in the Challenger series is, which I guess just real quick, is it what Challenger team were you most afraid of? Millennium. Probably Millennium. Yeah, probably Millennium. Inspire is pretty good too. Yeah, I don't like. I like Coscu, but Coscu's really. But I get good. to play against Woolite. I'm bet. I'm happier with that than playing against Joko and that Millennium team that seems. Yeah, to just I, have their think, head on I think Millennium. Millennium is probably scarier, although. The problem is I don't trust like I the the carries for Millennium are a little suspect to me. It's a concern. I don't want to play either of them to be to be fair. Look, I don't I don't think you want to play either of them. Like I said, Rocket's going to get relegated and and Betsy's <laughs> going to be a great midliner for Elements next split. It's 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 totally cool. Or Giants. I mean, I said Peppy's not going to be their midliner next split. Thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can they find you? You can find me at C80s underscore LOL. 
ripping Chase's heart out on a daily basis and at slingshotesports.com. The worst part is that I went into the season like, I don't want to root for Betsy. Why would I want to root for Betsy after last and season? And best player. And now I'm like, I can't, we can't lose Betsy. That's all we have. That's all we have, Walter. You, you know what the greatest thing is? Is that I was a Gambit fan last year and every single one of their players are doing fine. Uh, well, I mean, Edward is one and one. Diamond was on fire before he got booted out. Yeah, I was going to say Betsy's two of those guys amazing. aren't fine. Uh, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. But Cabo Shard is phenomenal, and Forgiven is phenomenal. I'm <laughs> I'm having a good widow season. Let me put it that way. Well, if you guys enjoyed the podcast and you want to hear more stuff like this, you want to hear more of my internal and external suffering, uh, you should go to soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts or search for rough drafts on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews because that really, really does help us out. Uh, In the meantime, uh, come back on Friday where we'll be talking about North America. And of course, go to unicorn.com for all of your esports gambling needs and to read our on the community page all the write-ups I do for these podcasts. So until next time, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>